You have to understand how you were created to function. Your most natural state as a human being is to trust God. So, what is Adam? An ambassador. An ambassador of heaven who's living on the earth. I was in the UK earlier this year. It's fascinating. I went on this tour, bike tour. I like those. I don't do very good as a church, but I can do okay on bike tours because they bring you all around. You get to see things. Stop for coffee, and then it's over. <laughs> get a little exercise, too. We stopped in this square in the middle of London. And I look over, Canadian Embassy. I said, oh, isn't that interesting? The Canadian Embassy is right in the middle of London. Do you know what happens if you go to that Canadian Embassy? If you go to that Canadian Embassy and you step through the threshold of that, all the laws of Canada apply to that piece of property. And I've never heard, I live, out of, I live outside of Fayetteville, Fort Bragg. I've never heard any of those guys, I know some really sharp guys, I've never heard of them go, I said, hey, where are you going next? Oh, I'm going to be stationed over here. I'm going to go to Korea for this amount of time. I've never heard them go, will you stand with me? I don't know how I'm going to get there. And I'm not sure if I'm going to have the right artillery while I'm there. Will you believe God with me? Never do that. Why? Because they're sending government. Same thing with an ambassador. They're sending government has made sure that everything they have need of is provided for. But now here's the exchange. If an ambassador is operating correctly, that ambassador never, ever, 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 ever gives his opinion about anything. Mr. Ambassador, what is the position of your country on same-sex marriage? Well, the position of my country is this. He's representing a foreign government. You're supposed to be representing a foreign government who has an assignment in the earth. Notice also he had a purpose in the earth. Notice also the first thing that Adam ever hears. This is a beautiful thing. God speaks, God speaks, God speaks, God speaks. Man, be the first voice he ever hears is the voice of God. You are, and, and he is created, you've been created to go. Once you hear that voice, yes, I trust that. Yes, I trust that. That's the, he says this, man shall not live by bread alone. What's he telling you? He's connecting with, if you don't eat, you can't live. If you don't hear my voice, you can't live. Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. So he hears that voice. And instinctively, he knows that's the voice I'm going to follow. Listen to me. This is a key principle. You are a voice-activated being.
Your life today has now been defined by the voice or the voices in, in God, in Christ, there's only one voice. In the world, there's multiple voices. Could be a demon, could be speaking demonic things to different people. But the voice you listen to has now defined your behavior. How do we know? Genesis 3. They have complete governance over that earth. The enemy was never meant to ever cause you any harm. I mean, I'm telling you, God is a little twisted. He has New Jersey humor, I'm convinced. God and devil are not opposites. Hear me, God and the devil are not opposites. Our problem is not the devil in the earth. He's already been bound. You never hear apostolic teaching, fight the devil. It was, what has God said? And when God said this, the devil's going to be destroyed. Some people, oh, the devil's asking. No, you're not that important. He said, fight the fight of faith. Genesis 3. Listen, he could have just destroyed the devil after the devil did what he did. I was reading about the devil the other day. What a beautiful created being. But he forgot who made him. That's a message for the American church. I'd like you to be beautiful, but you keep forgetting who made you. And notice what happens in Genesis 3. God doesn't step in. Why? Because he said, you're over all the earth. Because this is another key part about the life of faith. They had complete dominion over the devil. I'm telling you, this is what, this is, this is what God does. He goes, all right, devil, you want worship? First of all, you're not going to be able to ever come back to heaven again. I'm convinced where he was worshiping from was on the earth. That's just my personal opinion. He goes, you're going to stay down there. And this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to create people made in my image, my likeness. I'm going to put them in charge of the earth. And I'm going to put them over you. And they're going to extend heaven on earth where you've kicked out of. And everything they do is going to be a worshipful act unto me. And every time they execute dominion over you, you're going to remember that I don't even have time for you and I can create created beings who are bigger than you. And then one day, I'm going to throw you into a lake. I mean, God might be into a little slow torture there. <laughs> what happens? A voice, a contrary voice comes really, really big. Your ability to distinguish the correct voice and the wrong voice define your life. That's why it's so important. You better stay in that word. Shut off the TV. You ain't got time. You ain't got time. You, you, you're already thinking incorrectly. Take the 10 minutes on the way to work. Pray in the Holy Ghost. Get in the word of God before you go to bed. Get it into it when you wake up. They listen to that voice. And what does that do? She internalizes that voice. And she looks. And notice too, the devil, God is a spirit God. And the devil is a sensory devil. He operates through the senses. Not, nothing he does is, is it's, everything he does is operating through the soul, the will, the emotions, enticing you with things God already has given you. They listen to that voice and don't ever believe your choices don't matter. Destruction. And notice too that God doesn't step in. 
Because God will hold you responsible for what he's told you. He's a really good father, but he doesn't go, stop, that's a really bad move. It's really going to mess things up down here. Got to get rid of that theology. Well, you know, if God doesn't want me to have it, you know, he'll just step in and tell me. People are blaming God for things he has made them responsible for. They agree. Their body is corrupted and the earth is corrupted. And what happens? Immediately, they look on themselves when they were supposed to just look to God. And a system comes into place. I call it the world system. The world system is simply this. is man's way of trying to make it in this world without God. And philosophies, systems of government, have all been created to try and meet what can only be found in the kingdom of God. But here's what he does. Notice the pattern too. He starts with a man. Why? Because God is so committed to his word, he will not violate his word. Once he says over all the earth, he can't just come into the earth arbitrarily. He's got to find willing people. God does not operate in the earth independent of people anymore. You don't like it? Take it up with him. Finds a man called Abram. Makes covenant with him. He doesn't quite fully fulfill what God intended the nation of Israel. We know. But this is what he does. Jesus comes back on earth. And he, what does he say? Because one of the things that was corrupted was the mind of man. Think about this. How was Adam able to name those animals? Brilliant mind. Not governed by logic, not governed by reason, but governed by the voice of God. Who told him? He didn't go to NC State to name those animals. He is God-educated. He is knowledge of God educated. I'm telling you, most of the things that we've come to know are not really correct. So his mind is corrupt, and what does Jesus come? What is the first thing he says when he comes? He once again focuses on the mind of man. Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is hand. And this is where it gets really good. It gets really good because he goes, without faith, it's impossible to please me. Without faith, you can't come into the kingdom. But here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to give everyone the measure of faith. However you responded to the gospel message, the only way you could respond was because God gave you the measure of faith. That's how you come into the kingdom. It's only, this, this is brilliant stuff. He still requires you to choose him. But your ability to choose him is only because he gives you the power to choose him. But you still got to choose him. Where's that? Oh, it's getting a little late, but I might go a little overtime today. Thank you for the one, it's okay. I'm going to run with that. 
Look at Romans, the 12th chapter. For I say, through the grace given, is everyone still with me? Okay, I got six people. I can work with all of them. For I say, through the grace of Romans, the 12th chapter, to everyone who's among you, not to think of himself more highly than you ought, but to think soberly. This is Romans 12, verse 3. As God has dealt to each one a measure of faith. Ephesians 2. Notice the apostolic emphasis. For by grace you've been saved through faith, not of yourselves. It is a gift of God, not of works, lest anyone should boast. For by grace you've been saved. No matter how you got born again, it was that measure of faith that allowed you to respond to that gospel message. But here's where it even gets better. He gives you the measure of faith that is actually a portion of God himself. He goes, you know, without faith, you can't please me. So here you go, Katie. It's like me telling Katie, hey, go down the street, go pick up lunch for me. And she goes, okay, I'm going. And I go, and this is, this is how God does it. He goes, no, 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 hold on a second. Let, let me give you my keys to get across there to get what you need. God kind of faith. Gives you this measure. You come into the kingdom by faith, but now you're supposed to live by faith. Before we go any further, though, you have to understand that biblical faith can only rest on God's revelation of himself. Really, really important. Why am I saying that? Because there's a culture that exists today, even in the body of Christ, that, mean, that, that believes this, that if I've agreed with it intellectually, it means I believe it. That is not biblical faith. Because you can agree that Jesus raised from the dead, that Jesus was a miracle worker, but you can also agree that you'd like to keep this immoral part of your life. Can only rest on God's revelation of himself. What did he say? He says, I am the way. I'm the only way. The truth and the life. You can come to the kingdom as you are, but you can't stay as you is. <laughs> Why? Because just like faith, and this is the beautiful thing, the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit are 100% committed to every person in this room. They are 100% all in on everything you need. And because of that, they hold you responsible for receiving everything you need. Let me just tell you this story to illustrate the point I'm making there. I have a friend. He's a brilliant guy. PhD, MBA. I talked to him for about 10 minutes. He said, Admiral, did you understand what I said? I said, I understood the first two minutes. I lost you after about minute three. Let's try again. He grew up Catholic, I believe in California. He's in school. He's at Berkeley his first year. And he has some guys who tell him the plan of salvation. And he thinks to himself, Anyone who would ever be a believer has got to be a dumb person. That's what he thought. He said no one would ever believe that. But here's what happens. Get that word going. It's like a woodpecker. Don't ever give up on anyone. Just let that seed go on the inside of them. Even if they curse you, it's still going on the inside of them. 
I had someone like, you didn't get all mad at me. I said, you got a problem. I just told you the truth. Now it's going to work. It's going to bother you. I told my brother, you don't want to serve the Lord? I said, you got a problem. Grew up in the wrong house. To whom much is given, much is required. You're going to be miserable until you serve the Lord. I don't play when it comes to my family. So I pray. I don't pray God. I don't pray the devil hurts him. I just say, keep him miserable. Let him not sleep at night, Lord, till he gives his life completely to you. Make it irresistible, the gospel. So that thing's working on the inside of him. He's sitting on his dorm room bed. And he says, he says, God, I'll serve you, but I don't want to be dumb. God always responds to a sincere heart. He doesn't like to be put on trial. And he doesn't need to, you don't need to put a fleece out to prove his existence. But he will respond to a sincere hearer. He said, I hear this voice real loud on the inside of me. And it says, no deal. He said, next night, sitting in my dorm room again, same bed. I said, fine, God, I will surrender all. And he goes, deal. How do you know if you have real biblical faith? If you base your entire existence on what God has said. I don't say this arrogantly, but what I'm doing right now, this is my life's work. This is what I will be judged for. So biblical faith can only rest on God's revelation of himself in Scripture. You don't add to God when you come to faith in him. So we're required to live this journey called faith. We walk by faith. We come into the kingdom by faith, but we walk by faith. And your faith has been designed to help you overcome everything in this world. Listen to me. Walking with God is not like going to a casino. I know it's not said usually, but people approach God like that. Well, you know, you, you got Mike, and you know, he, he's really devoted to the Lord, so God answers his prayers, and I'm just hoping that maybe he'll help, help me over here. No! And people talk to God constantly like he doesn't want to help them. Look at First John. I am almost through. Can you hang on for a few more moments? I'm glad you can because I'm going to keep going. <laughs> Verse 3, 1 John. This is the epistle of John, not the gospel of John. For this is the love of God that we keep his commandments and his commandments are not burdensome. For whatever is born of God. How many are born of God? Yeah. Overcomes the world. Not win some, not lose some. Not you never know what God's going to do. Not that we even have to beg him. This is the victory that has overcome the world. Our faith. Who is he? Then he goes, the, the apostolic teaching goes back to this. Who is he that have overcome the world? But he who believes that Jesus is the son of God. So what does he do? 
He gives you the measure of faith that's on the inside of him. He goes, take my keys to overcome. And by the way, as I sent Jesus, so I send you. What does that mean? That everything you have need of on this earth, healing, deliverance, finances, everything you have need of, it's already been set aside for you and it's already been paid for. That's why it's so important to walk in purpose. Because God has no, resp- no responsibility to back up your idea of a career. That is one thing we need to teach people. We teach, you can do whatever you want. Actually, no. In the kingdom of God, you're an ambassador and you do whatever he wants. Now, it might be likely what you're passionate about. It might be likely what you're good at. All that stuff. But you better check with headquarters. I'm like, the, I'm like Paul, New King James Version, when he gets knocked off the donkey. God, what would you have me to do? Woke up this morning, very early. God, what would you have me to do? How would I serve your people today? I don't get it. I, listen, I really don't get up here because I, you know, like I, I, I have this need. I have this need to obey the Lord and his calling on my life and to live out that purpose and to do it in the best way I know how. Everything you have need of has already been provided for. Amen. Come on. So here's, let me give you a few things to land the plane with this. Over 20 years of walking this thing out, but you, you, you almost have to do, I almost do it every three days. God, with your help, I make a fresh commitment to obey your word. Oh, this is where it gets really fun. Americans don't like this because he's really going to tell you some stuff if you really like that. And if you don't hear his voice, maybe there's not a willing ear. But I'm here to tell you, God called you on the greatest adventure of faith when he called you into the kingdom. I'm here to tell you, you don't have to live according to what you see. I'm here to tell you, you can overcome everything. I'm here to tell you that he gave and has a really good life for you. A life, you, you, know, you know people like, oh, it's really hard following God. You know what's really hard? Trying to do it your way. Lord Jesus, I've learned it takes just as much energy to trust God as it does to not obey God. I've decided I'm not going to fight him anymore. This is what he says. Jesus said this. I can do only, he has a will though. But I can do, what's he doing? He's living at a, as a man with no options. You got to get rid of plan B, C, D, E, F. There is only one plan. It's his voice and his word. Amen. So you have to make a fresh, conscious, intentional decision that you will obey his word and you will exalt his word in your life as the highest standard. And I'm telling you, that's where it gets real fun. When you go, God, I'll do whatever you want. Okay, this is what I want you to do. No, 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 no. 
God, I want to be light on my job. Yes, go forgive your boss. I'm going to trust you with everything. Great, clear out your bank account. You laugh, that's how it works. Why? Because in the journey of faith, he will constantly touch the areas of your affection that, are, that, you, that, are, that are, are rooted in the world system and not in him. Rich young ruler. What should I do to inherit eternal life? Keep the commandments. And this is also where the rubber... See, when you walk with the Lord for a while and have a little fruit, this is where it gets real challenging. I'm serious. The Lord told me years ago, he goes, you can have lots of money in your ministry bank account, you have people know your name, but only you and I will ever know if you're obeying me. And he goes, all these have I kept from my youth. And I want to suggest to you, the, part of the reason he's wealthy is because he has obeyed the word. All right, tells us in Deuteronomy. It is the Lord your God who gives you the power to get wealth. And Jesus doesn't challenge him. He doesn't go, no, 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 I saw the way you looked at that woman in Walmart. Gave that extra look. He doesn't. What does he do? See, it's not a checklist. This is what it's, I'm telling you, this is what it's like to walk the life of faith. You go, I'm doing, I always say, I'm doing pretty good until the Lord starts talking to me about something. And the tendency is to try and live out of principle. Do this. No, I'll do it. I want you to go Wednesday nights. You go to the first one. But unless you're intentional, the enemy will find a reason why you can't go to the next three. And he'll use scripture. Well, you know, you got to take care of your family. You need to get that overtime in. Who's your source? I told you to go to the Wednesday night. This is how this thing works. And he goes, okay, sell all that you have and give it to the poor. Why? Whatever was going on with this young man, he's like, I'm doing pretty good. God's blessed me. And if the economy goes south, I got this stash over here. And then Jesus says to him, you can follow me. He could have been in the Jesus Christ Evangelistic Association, but he liked this stuff. And Jesus didn't negotiate with him. Jesus didn't give him all the biblical reasons why he was going to be blessed. Hey man, did you hear about the hundredfold return? And let me give you the Copeland tape here. You know, it's good stuff here. All that stuff's true, but he doesn't entice him with that. If you're going to walk the life of faith, you also have to know the kindness and the goodness of God. You won't trust a God that you don't really know. So what we need to do is hear and hear again. And then faith, what? Comes by hearing. Abner translation, hear and 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 hear. 
You know, one of the examples I always use when I talk about this is, you know, quite honestly, I think I've heard John and Carol, I don't know how many times, they preach the same message. And every time they stand up, I think to myself, I'm doing pretty good. Then I go, oh, got to adjust here. Got to adjust there. Got to adjust there. That's why I told the nation of Israel, talk about the word of God. Talk about it with your children. Remember what God has done. What's he trying to do? Change their consciousness. Amen. How do you know your mind's changing? By what comes out of your mouth. Make a commitment to put the word of God first place. Intentional commitment. Number two, hear and hear again. And then let it go. There's something, the Lord told me like seven years ago, I was in a conference with another well-known speaker. He says, I want you to listen to what he said over and over and over again. And I'm still listening to it now almost eight years later. You know why? Because it hasn't sufficiently changed me. Number three, speak what you've heard. Number four, refuse to come into alignment with anything contrary to what God has said. I'm going to land the plane with this. Two stories, but I'll read this verse. Do you know what happens when you begin to speak the word of God? I'm telling you, I said it before, that unseen realm begins to work on your behalf. And he will give his angels charge over you. Psalm 103, the angels hearken unto the voice of God. I am the way, the truth, and the life. The words, he says, I'm the way, the truth, and the life, right? But then he says, the words I speak to you are spirit and they are life. So apparently... Part of the life he called us to live has to do with capturing those words of life. John 3.16 For God so loved the world that whosoever whosoever, right? Then he tells us, this is what he says, have faith in God. For surely I say to you, whosoever not the evangelist, not the church planner, Whosoever. It's amazing to me that much of the body of Christ, amen, brother, whosoever calls on his name, but then they have real trouble with the speaking to the mountain one. But Jesus uses the same language. Whosoever. How many whosoever's are in the room today? Don't worry, I'll be back on Wednesday. Whoever says to this mountain... Notice he doesn't say, don't beg the mountain to go. He says, speak to that mountain. I'm telling you, this is where you got to be moved by what you cannot see. This is where you're, you know, the Lord has told you this, the Lord has told you that, and nothing's moving. And the enemy loves to define you by what you can see. But the life of faith 
is not according to what you can see, it's according to what God has said. Because truth is the highest form of reality. And you were not created to live by your intellect. You will die a bad death if you live according to your intellect. Never said that before, but it's true. It's absolutely true. Don't let your mind, don't let the state of North Carolina tell you how much money you can make. Don't let any religious organization tell you what your destiny I just feel like saying stuff today. So, I mean, way too many Christians have leaders tell them all sorts of stupid things. Keep them bound. No movement. Week after week, they sit there in mausoleums. And we're supposed to be changing the world. Wow. I normally just say that in private. (laughs) Be removed. Be cast into the sea. And does not doubt in his heart. Notice everyone's got doubt. It's just what you do with that doubt. But believes those things he says will be done. Believes those things he says. He will have. He will have. He will have. He will have. Listen to that principle. You're going to have it no matter if you believe it or not. He will have whatever he says. 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 That's how I know my brother's getting born again. I will have what I say. Tell you two stories and I'll land the plane. Overtime. It's okay. The game hasn't started yet. It's still about 12-10, 12-15. <laughs> about nine years ago, I had a dream has defined how I view a lot of things. In this dream, many of my dreams are like this. Jesus comes to me and he says to me, Abner, with a group of leaders, he goes, don't you know you can have what you say? I said, yes, Lord, I know that. (laughs) I'm explaining to Jesus in this dream. Yes, Lord, you know. You know you told me. Nine years ago, ten years ago, you told me this is what's going to happen in your life. This is, and you know, you said you're going to open a door, no bank and shut. You go around the world, you do all this. And guess what, God? At the time, the nursing home wasn't even inviting me to preach, but we trusted your word. We said your word. I remember speaking at gas tanks because I'd get more love than offering on the way to meetings. I said, I'm going to the meeting. I'm not quitting. You can't quit in the life of faith. Oh, no, no, no. You got the wrong guy. You got the wrong guy. I didn't get in this for that. I'm either I'm going to trust God or I'm going to die trusting God. That's got to be your stance. So Jesus is not impressed with my explanation. So he tells me a second time. Abner. He's a little sterner this time. Don't you know you can have what you say? So I'm a servant leader. He didn't understand the first time. I'll tell him again. I understood. Yes, Lord, you know. And I began to explain it again. For whatever reason, Jesus doesn't get my explanation to him. Comes to me a third time, and he is never mean or cruel. But this time, it's like he came right up to me. No! Don't you know? You can have what you say. Dream ended. I didn't get out my John Paul Jackson interpretation book. I didn't call my intercessor. Go, hey, what do you think this means? Can we get together and pray about it? I knew what he was saying. Three times. 
He wants it to be established in my life. He wants it to be established in the body of Christ. Here's what he says at the end. Therefore I say to you, whatever things you ask when you pray, believe that you receive them and you will have them. That one always tricked me out a little bit. I still don't understand fully what it means, but I know this. Finally got this part. How can you believe that you received? Because you said it. Because he just told you you can have what you say. Notice, too, he's doing a teaching, but then he's actually applying his own teaching within the lesson. He's fascinating like that. Here's my last story. There's a, a man in this church. He's having, he, he could not quit cigarette smoking. Couldn't get rid of it. So he goes to the pastor. Pastor, I want to get rid of it. I just can't do it. Because this is what I want you to do. Every time you light up, I want you to say, in the name of Jesus, I'm completely delivered of cigarette addiction. He goes, Pastor, how can I say that? I'm not. I'm pretty bound right now. He goes, you're saying the truth about it. You're not saying what your current condition is about it. Let me just stop here for a minute because I can feel it in the room. You really want to live this way? Not every believer is going to embrace it. That's okay. It's okay. Because it, it, it defies intellect. But if you're going to change the world, you cannot live by your intellect. If you're going to see your family break into something they've never broken into, it'll have to defy the intellect. So he goes, yeah, I just want you to say this. Say it for 30 days. He's lighting up. He's giving the confession. I think on day 19, comes back to the pastor. He goes, guess what happened? I was lighting up and I said that confession and I thought it triggered in my mind. I don't need to ever smoke again. Jesus has completely delivered of me of it. Put the cigarette down, never smoked again. Faith works like this. It's a beautiful thing. We don't arrive at this thing. Say you had a hole in the ceiling and a leak's coming through. You put, you know, one of the big industrial containers and the water's going to start dropping in there. See, because we've been educated the wrong way, we have to be constantly re-educated by God. So faith works like that. And don't believe that God's not going to judge your faith. When Jesus walked this earth, he would say, big faith, small faith, little faith. Here's the thing you want to do. You just want your faith to grow. That thing will drop and drop and drop and drop and drop and drop until eventually, if it keeps dropping in there, it's going to overflow. And that's how faith is established in your heart. I always encourage people to do this. No matter what you're walking through today, find promise in the Word of God. God, this is what's happening now. I got this issue. I got this bill. I got this 
debt. I got this kid on drugs. I got this issue at work. I'm having trouble forgiving my mom. Whatever it is, put the other one on the inside. And then begin to put the promise on the inside of you and say it over and over and over and over again. You have trouble forgetting things. God, thank you that you've given me a brilliant mind. Thank you because I have wisdom. You've been made for me wisdom. And I've been redeemed from the curse. So thank you that my mind is whole. Thank you that I hear your word. Thank you that everything you tell me I can do. Thank you that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. What's, what's going to begin to happen is you'll become your greatest prophet and preacher. Did you receive this word today? Hey, thanks for being patient. If you receive this word, one, two, three, just stand on your feet and lift your hands. I want you just to, to, just to release all across this room just a prophetic roar unto the Lord for just a moment. Just lift your voice to Him. I want you to just repeat this with me. There's going to be a power on this, I believe. Say, Father, in Jesus' name. name. With your help, help, I choose to put your word first. first. Above everything else. Above above my weakness. weakness. Because in your weakness. In my weakness, excuse me. (laughs) I'm made strong. Thank you, Father, for the God kind of faith. Thank you for the measure of faith that you're going to cause to grow. I choose with your help to walk by faith and not by sight. I don't want to be moved by what I see. But what I hear. So thank you for ears to hear. And eyes to see. With your help, Father. I say today. November 11th. Is a day. Of divine alignment. Hmm. Just let that settle on you. Whoa. Oh, this is beautiful. Actually, there's like this angel of the Lord just breathing in this room. Whoa. I I, I was going to end here, but there's, there's this moment here you just need to just declare some things over your life just on your own right there because there's a breath of heaven that will come upon what you say in this moment. Just go ahead right there. It's okay. I just see now this angel just, it's like zigzagging all over the room as we just speak what God is saying.
Now just lift your hands. I just want to just pray over you. You don't have to repeat this. Father, I bless your people here today. Thank you, Lord, that they've practiced patience with me being here today. Thank you, Lord, that none of them are offended that I went a little long. <laughs> but Lord, I bless your people to hear as never before. I bless them to partner with that unseen realm, to move, move through the word of the Lord. I bless them with the mind of Christ. I say a door is opening of encounter with him into the beauty in the, in the ancient of days as never before. I bless them to hear. I bless them to see. And I bless, I just see Jesus anointing our eyes today. So I bless you for the spirit of wisdom and revelation. May the word of God be your highest delight. And may, may, listen to me, may every good word that God has spoken over your life be fulfilled. In Jesus' name.